Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 36 of Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. This week we have Ken Anderson on the show. He's been all over our Facebook page. Uh, you were in a couple contests, I think. We did a contest with you. You won one, I believe. Um, but is Ken Anderson from Watauga Creek and Southern Railroad. I guess that's that's what he models mainly. And he's going to talk about another one he modeled um, that he works with. And he's also part of a group called the Sipping and Switching Society of North Carolina. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about Ken's models, Ken's railroad, uh, everything that he's you know been working on in the last you know little while. Nice long summer to get stuck inside in the heat and start working. So welcome to the show, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Brett. Todd, hi, hi Ken. Show. Yeah, great to have you. I mean, did, when we first found Ken, um, Ken, well, of course, has been with us. Have you been with us since the beginning He's, of yeah, our podcast? Yeah, I, I think you were one of our yep. first listeners. Yeah, and that sure was. And he, and then he, we ran a contest. I don't know when that was. Back in March or it April? was in the spring. It was in the spring, and um, we ran a contest for structures. And Ken entered a mine, the Watauga Creek Mine. Was that what that was called? Uh, uh, that was called. Uh, it was just called a feldspar mine complex. That was it. And yep. it, there was kind of a working title. And mm-hmm. eventually, I named it after a prototype uh, mine called the Hoot Owl. Oh, the Hoot Owl. The Hoot Owl mine here down in the, in the Carolinas. Yep, sure did. Sure did. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. That's a sweet I think name I for did. it. I think you told me that once. And yeah. but um, you know, you you entered the contest. We had about oh, eight eight or ten ent- entries, which was pretty impressive for our first contract uh, contest. Mm-hmm. And um, and your mo- your model was awesome. It was it was fully detailed, and um, it just it, it really captured our eye because it had all kinds of of. Um, you know, angles and lines and stuff to it. It just really, you know, brought out attention to detail. Um, it was it, it was neat. I mean, it was the first mine that we've dealt with all together. You don't see a lot of mines um, in structure detailing w- w- with some of the fine scale stuff. We don't see enough of that. And um, it, it's a whole, and talking to you tonight um, is a whole section of, of model rendering, we really haven't gotten into a lot. Is is that southern, you know, North Carolina era area? I guess that's what you model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that in the, in the uh, southeast part of the, the United States. Yes, that could be including Tennessee, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, down here in the uh, uh, definitely the deep south. I won't say the very deep south, but uh, we <laughs> we uh, we have a lot of structures that are very historical. Right, uh, very old. We have we have uh, a lot of wood structures in this this area. So oh wow! That, and that's that, yeah. That's kind of one of the things I, I definitely try to do is use that. I give it that flavor of, of what is in, in this area. And, right. Uh, I've had several of my my folks that I put all the pictures out there, and they say, "Man, you captured the flavor of say uh, one of my structures uh, is a." Um, it's a general store, kind of a valley. I call it, I, I name a lot of my stuff after family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, one of the structures I'm building is actually a craft, uh, Carolina craft kit. 
and I combined two kits into one, and it's called Cohen's Valley Grocery, and Cohen is my oldest grandson's name, so okay. I incorporated his name into this, this uh, store, and it's it's a very impressive structure. It's uh, it's a Blair, uh, it's called the Blair Valley uh, Grocery Store, I think, and it had a little, uh, a little uh, uh, I think it was a garage next to it which i did not include in that but that's a that's another story we can uh, <laughs> later so. well the um you have a lot of different types of structures that represent the south that i've noticed and it, you know i don't know maybe it's not the same one i saw another grocery that you had it's a white and green building and yeah, that's that, the one i was talking about oh it's yep, really that neat it. yep that was it. and it looks that was, is that you said that's a carolina Yep, that's the Carolina Craftsman kit. Now, a lot of that I did not use. Uh, I, I did some scratch building of the porch. Uh, the foundation is uh, is a combination of wood and actually even using styrene. I'm, I'm not afraid of using styrene. So the styrene uh, looks like um, uh, creek stone, wash stone, mm -hmm. and uh, painted that different colors and added some detail to that. And I'm also trying to include uh, changes in elevation in a lot of my structures. I've stepped it up a notch here on my <laughs> most recent structures. I'm putting piers on my uh, structures, which is quite common here in the South um, right. because they're trying to save money on the foundation. Mm -hmm. They may have it on a, on a fairly steep slope, and so they'll, they'll have it up either on concrete brick or stone uh, pier, piering huh. you know, or a combination of right. full full foundation and piers so oh, yeah but that, that cool. exactly that one that you mentioned is is the carolina craftsman mm -hmm. and it actually has a new section on the back it has more fresh paint and the the rest of the siding i've used a technique from a fellow i uh, well from several fellows but one of them uh is great fellow's name is um is Ralph Renzetti, and Ralph uh, uh, told me about this technique, and I said, man, I, I hit the ground running with it, um, <laughs> using Indian ink, uh, and I've even used some of the Bombay colors uh, and mixed some colors, um, and then that was Indian ink and, and Bombay colors, and so what I did is I stained the, the, the actual structure, of course, I have to have it uh, uh, supported just like you had uh, 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 Jason Jensen has said, you know, got to support your your walls so you're going to have a lot of warping, you know, your right. walls. So I support that. And then uh, after I've finished that and it's dried for 24 hours, so I go back in and I use mineral spirits and put the mineral spirits, uh, usually working one wall at a time. And then as it's just barely soaking in, I take an acrylic paint, uh, paint over that. And oh, just wow. before it starts hazing, take a, uh, a piece of either masking tape. I've even used uh, duct tape. That's a little expensive. And mm -hmm. then use the tape to, to put over the paint, and then it lifts. And you get that peeling paint. That, oh, wow. It, it, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I, a I great idea. Several structures. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm hey, I've been into the hobby for about 40-some years, and I'm not afraid to try something new. That's <laughs> Well, and that's the only way you learn. And uh, I've yep. done the peeling paint effect with tape before. Um, I've had mixed results, uh, but definitely, um, I want to. I definitely want to try that out. Mm -hmm. Wow! 
It, yeah, it, it's great. Um, and, and it depends on where you want the paint to lift. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's going to be on the lower part of the building because that's where you're getting more of the weathering. If it's up near the soffit, there's going to be less uh, peeling paint and weathering up there. Not saying you're not going to have weathering up there, but it's going to be less of. Right. Um, and and that's another thing I try to capture a flavor of, and that is we have a lot of hemlocks and pine siding structures down here, so you get this kind of a golden amber and black streaks in the wood, especially on your old barns. Right. Um, you may not have it where it looks all just totally gray. It, it's going to have that kind of an amber color when the sun hits it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just it just lights up the whole structure. It's really really nice. Very. I, I've seen some uh, photos of that recently, where the bottom of your of the building or the wall is more on the gray side, and then up where the as it reaches higher towards the roof, underneath the eaves of the roof, uh, you have it almost looks like it yellows a little bit, and then yeah, and, and yeah, your nat- exactly. and then your natural wood color at the at the yeah. roof. Some of these structures still are, are, are work in progress. I still have to weather the roof um, and get some more uh, uh, some whites in that. That's another technique that I learned from uh, Ralph Renzetti is to do a stippling effect of white to tone down your 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 colors, whether it be mm-hmm. green or whatever, so it's not so vivid. Right. So you get a lot of aging, in, and then add your your rust effects and all that uh, on that too. Oh yeah. Now I noticed on, on some of the posts that you've put up on in your Facebook group, uh, Watuga, Watauga Creek, and Southern Railroad, you've um, you've talked about modeling, and we've preached this a couple times ourselves. Modeling what you see, and um, exactly, yep. yeah, and, and uh, you, you do when you when there's things on your. We kind of skipped right to this. This is really awesome. But we, um, when I've looked at some of the photos of, of your work, and hopefully, uh, I don't know about your Facebook group. I, I belong to your Facebook group, but I don't know how public it is. So, um, but if there are modelers out there and they're interested in checking it out or joining it, uh, they I think can it's contact. a. I think it's a public group, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is a public group. Yes. Okay. Uh, and you have like nine hundred and some nine hundred and seventy-five members or something like that. So it's very it's, you got a lot of members. And yeah, uh, yeah, we do. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just uh, just going to ask you. I mean, on that, um, I noticed some of your photos, and the people need to go there and check it out. Um, You've you, you, you know, some of your details that you've done. You did a little log or a wood structure with a a, a base of uh, I guess it had a stone base, a random stone base, and it was a sm- just a small building, and you you had antlers on the doors. Uh, I think it was all wood. It was a leaning wood structure, is what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yes, another scratch built structure again. Yeah, sure is. But you put the you put antlers on the door that you made out of wire. You had yep. Um, uh, I guess it was a wasp nest that you built, and uh, that you put the I guess you made on your own. And and those are those little fine details that are you know that that you're seeing uh, on what you and what a- you view in nature. Yeah, it's 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 a. I have it up now. It's a pretty pretty cool building, and yeah. you went. You did. Uh, you have like license plates hanging on the inside of the barn door. Um, yeah, 
you know, the 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 building's leaning and you have it propped up on the side of the hill. That's just stuff that you're going to see in an old, you know, rundown barn or whatever. Sure. You know. Sure. Well, if you look at the photograph closer, and of course, some of my my uh, uh, photographing equipment is pretty pretty uh, low tech. Um, but I also have stuff up inside where even the, there may be one door. It's missing, and then there might be a hinge still there, you know. Right. Uh, some of the hinges I just cut out of styrene, you know, um, real thin, probably 20,000 styrene, and painted up kind of rusty and uh, glued that on. And then you look inside the the, the, the upper part of the uh, the barn there, and the, the not the attic, but up there in the, the hayloft, or if that's what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I've got furniture and boards up there that are rotting and falling apart and the roof looks like it's about ready to cave in you know so <laughs> that that's that's the flavor i live in a in a, in a pre or i should say it's post um agricultural area so we have a lot of barns that are now not being used and some barns that are collapsed and i that's always the flavor that i'm trying to achieve is and that that to me is the hardest thing to do is to model something it's not just dilapidated, but might be even at a collapsing and deteriorating stage. Right. Oh, yeah. That is definitely the hardest thing to do. I've seen it done, and it can be either done right or done, well, not done as well, I should say. Right. And, and so, uh, But here's the thing. It's it's rarely done. And and it's, it, it is the kind of thing that you would like, you know, it would be awesome to see more of. That kind of thought process is, uh, you know, the, we we're we're in Pennsylvania, so we're right up the road from you. But we we see, you know, dilapidated barns and think, you know, structures that have caved in. And there's lots of farms that you'll go by that they'll have one old barn and one new barn, and the old barns the powder ones collapse because that's probably why they built a new one. And um, you know, you see that in lots of farming communities, which is, but you know, rarely do we see it modeled. And uh, I think that's what's unique about about the work that you do. Well, also, and and in my my uh, club here, it's called the Sip and Switching Society. We have several barns on there that uh, have even got painted either on the roof or on the side. It won't even say uh, uh, mail pouch, but mm-hmm. it'll say Sea Rock City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Instead of Sea Rock City, one of our guys has got a module, and we name all of our modules, too, and I won't even go into that. <laughs> he calls his one of the module called Frog City. And the reason <laughs> I think he called it Frog City is that it's got one of his uh, multiple of his switches, uh, or diamonds, have 91 uh, uh, pieces of uh, frogs, frogs in those. Oh wow! That's an astronomical number of frogs <laughs> in one module. He has one. <laughs> it's a dual, and you'll see a lot of dual gauge on our module. So that is HO, and then the the near gauge is <laughs> is HO, HO, and three. Uh, and and that's something else that we model uh, in this area because uh, uh, a railroad that I model, and of course that's a part of the other prototype railroad. I'm, I know we're jumping around here, but the other prototype Sorry. railroad I model is called the Limbo River Railway, which was a narrow gauge railroad here uh, in the Carolinas and Tennessee. Um, they had a dual gauge line, and that's another thing. I love the East Broad Top. I, oh yeah. I, I saw when the East Broad Top was in, and you know, uh, still operating. 
mm-hmm. and I love the dual gauge track. And so, anyway, going back to the <laughs> uh, module called Frog City, he has a dual over dual curve standard diamond in this one module. And he oh. says, I tried and tried to work out of that. And he <laughs> said, I had so many little tiny pieces of, of nickel silver in there. <laughs> so we end up having on top of these barns, says, Sea Rock Frog City from seven modules. It's just good, good humor, you know. Uh, yeah, and it plays just, on your region oh, down yeah. there so with the uh, like, oh, really? Lookout Mountain. Look, look, yeah. Where's that at? You know, so they go look at see see the uh, the module with this all this track and, and uh, uh, the diamonds and all like that. In there. So <laughs> that's where it plays in some of that humor there. For, oh, that's uh, cool. It's great, great to have, it's great to have the humor uh, with a with all your friends and your you know, your people that you share your clubs and stuff with and and the guys that you you know you, you all hang out with uh, be yeah. able to you have that humor I'm sure there's all kinds of little inside jokes and and such and wow what a what a cool cool thing and then you can play off of that as you build uh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome if you, if you notice on that same barn I have a uh, a, a uh, mule tied up to one of the uh, posters about ready to fall out underneath the, the corner there. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. One lean, the lean-to part is actually for storing uh, tobacco, which, it, again, at one time in the history uh, of the place, I, or the location I live, uh, was Big Burley Tobacco. That was quite common uh, in this area. And we, I've actually, even as a, as a young man, uh, put up tobacco. Uh, I was hired on uh, wherever they needed some help. I'd jump in and make some money and and help put up tobacco, which is very hard work, you know. Right, so sure. There, there's a, a heritage, a culture, trying to capture that and, and model. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And that's, again, very well, uh, in, depending on where you live uh, in the United States, it's rich in culture. And to capture that in, in, in model form is, is always a challenge and always, to me, is a joy. Right. Uh, and I think it, it's even... You know, extra special for everybody that does modeling um, that they they try and capture a little of what they're familiar with, uh, what they grew up with, or what they where they live now. Uh, and you know that's and every region offers something different. So it for the people viewing models, uh, especially the modelers themselves that view others modelers other modelers, you know works. You'll get a sense of um, you know learning from from different modelers and different regions and um, you can identify with it you can identify somebody's layout by looking at it I mean exactly, exactly. All, that's cool now um, with uh, with that modeling recently I've noticed you've been doing some stuff with uh, uh, on a different <clears throat> theme um, I don't know what layout that's on or it's more of a recreation theme that you've been kind of leaning towards. Um, and we're going to get to the mine here in a little bit. Um, but the uh, recreation theme I've noticed is, is pretty unique and interesting. For Brett and I, it's cool because, you know, we love, we, we grew up, well, when Brett was younger, we used to do some backpacking and hiking and, you know, camping and that type of thing. And we've right. done stuff in the Shenandoah National Forest, the Shenandoah State Park, and then, of course, the Blue Ridge uh, Parkway. Um, so region down there, um, so it was neat to see some of the you know the tunnels and roadways and things that you've created. Uh, that I don't, I'm just guessing is it is some of that based off the Blue Ridge Parkway? 
Yes, and and as we speak of that, and again, I, I'm being almost in, in an artistic way. I don't really consider myself an artist. Mm-hmm. I I'm still incomplete with the the Watauga Creek module with the mine, and I'm kind of jumped around here lately. Lately, it's <laughs> because I've been inspired, and so mm-hmm. the the recent one that you've seen posted, uh, I try to do on my Facebook page as kind of mostly a daily blog or a mm-hmm. blog, excuse me. Um, I try to post when I feel, you know, as far as something that's worth sharing with the, the general public or the modeling public. And so right. one of them is a curved module. And and again, most of all my railroad is is, is a modules. And so we also have a multitude of different modules. Most of the stuff I have is called mini modules. Mm-hmm. They're half of the full width of most of our, our modular layout that's uh, a part of the system switching society. Okay. Uh, so these mini modules are created for a branch line railroad, which, again, the ones that you've seen mostly are the fictitious Watauga Creek and Southern. Mm-hmm. So I have incorporated a scenic byway. It could be the, the Blue Ridge Parkway because the Blue Ridge, of course, ran all the way from then and was in Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's Georgia or no, excuse me. I apologize. I'm thinking of the Appalachian Trail. So I'm you are. On something else. <laughs> no, it's, it would be in the lower part of North Carolina because I think it uh, starts uh, pretty close in the Smoky Mountains and it goes all the way to um, almost up in the Shenandoah Valley, which uh, is in the, uh, uh, the Skyline Drive. Correct, and it ends, so, I believe, at, um, what's, a, what's the name of that? Front Royal. Uh, Front Royal, Front, yes. Well, Skyline Drive dead ends in Front Royal, exactly. Yep. Uh, yep. My wife and I, when I went up to Timonium several years ago, I made that as a little side trip. We kind of hit and miss here and there off of Interstate 81, even kind of stopped a, a layover up in Roanoke, which is a great history of railroading. And uh, we got on the Skyline Drive and drove all the way up to Front Royal. And that was a nice, beautiful drive. So I, I, that's, again, another thing. I live about two miles from the Blue Ridge Parkway. Mm-hmm. So I, I model what I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I model things that I've done. I, I went camping. I've done fishing. I've done hiking. I've done all these things. And so I'm, I'm implementing those into my into my hobby. So this... This highway, this little piece of highway where the railroad goes under under this stone bridge. I love it. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, well, we've got a plenty of those. Mostly they're highway. Yeah. Uh, highway over highway uh, bridges. Sure. Um, very few railroads. The closest probably railroad that I know of wouldn't have anything like that, and that's probably about a 30-mile drive down to the west of me off mm-hmm. the parkway, and it crosses over the Clinchfield Railroad, okay. a.k.a. part of the CSX today. Uh, right. And that that is a huge tunnel. That's not a, a bridge mm-hmm. at all. So I've actually <laughs> watched trains come up uh, come up the mountain through the loops uh, on the CSX. And oh, my. So pretty much that's all been shut down now. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, back to the bridge, mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to implement the, a part of the bridge and a highway that has overlooks and so I go a step further because it's nothing specific to my area 
I'm including other details. And again, those details is part of my railroad. And so if somebody says, oh, they don't have those on the parkway, that doesn't look anything like the parkway. Well, that's my railroad. So that's right. One, one of the details I'm adding to this is uh, 3D printed um, uh, viewing binoculars. Oh. Uh, I remember those as a kid, and they're yeah. still here and there. You know, you go up there, you throw a quarter in there, and you, you can look uh, through the binoculars at all kinds of uh, scenery. And so I'm adding those at some of my overlooks. Oh, that's cool. They're, How not, do you... they're not on the parkway, but that's a detail that you don't see modeled, and that's something else I try to strive for, yeah. is to model the things that you don't normally see on any kind of a, either a home layout or a modular layout. Yeah. Now, how are you going to create the the uh, the 3D binocular? The, the 3D uh, printed. Yeah. The, the 3D, 3D printed. printed. I, uh, somebody I had, uh, well, that, that, again, that's another thing. I uh, went on uh, Shapeways, mm -hmm. and I, I had even put out a, a, an all-points bulletin. Is somebody interested <laughs> in, in making a, 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 an HO scale uh, uh, viewing binocular? Right. And didn't really get a reply, and if it did, you know, well, you know, what are you being willing to pay for it and all? And, again, right. it's always a matter of what are we willing to, to invest in that. <laughs> and I, I guess I stepped away from it for a while mm -hmm. and went back, and all of a sudden I see this thing popped up on the, on the Internet. And mm -hmm. I went in there and I went, oh, my gosh, somebody went and created uh, 3D printed uh, uh, viewing binoculars. Right. And wow. so I ended up, I put an order in for them, so I think I've got almost a dozen of them. So if I have any damage, I've got I've got some to replace the the ones that are broken. So oh, that's great! They, oh yeah, they look great too. They even got the texture on the the, the chrome part. It's even got the texture there. Oh, that's so, so cool! I can't wait to see that. Oh yeah, they're they're awesome. Um, they also where the the coin would go. There's a little red. I don't know if it's where the, the quarter sign or whatever it is where it's yeah. the viewing side. And I even put a little red uh, dot with a, like a four aught brush oh, even on that. If you even see it. Now again, yeah. there there's where the problem is. Is that probably most people wouldn't see that, but right. I know it's there. So. <laughs> and I, yeah, I've done things like that. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know what? It, it's a part of the, the thrill of doing the hobby, and if somebody notices it, then you're I'm able to share that part of the hobby, and somebody will get that joy out right. of it just as much as I am. So, and and also you're talking about I've also tried to implement uh, or create uh, line side structures. Mm -hmm. um, so. I built, I was trying to think about what it would look like, and so I sketched up some stuff on a sheet of paper, and I wanted to build a root cellar. And also, I, I look at the Internet a lot. And so if I say, you know, basic words on the Internet, you know, uh, log cabin or structures on the parkway or whatever, and go right. and look. So <laughs> I built a root cellar. I saw and, that, yeah. We both saw and, it. And I said, you know, I want something that looks kind of like a log-style log structure. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, of course, lap-sided structures down here. So um, I, I was trying to think about how best to go about that, and so I said, you know what? I want to have some round logs because mm -hmm. I have another log cabin on another module. Um, anyway, so I step outside, 
and I have several of, of the the wild landscape in this area. So I had some dead branches off of a mountain wall. So I snapped all these limbs off and brought them all in here and set them on one of my little side workbenches. On my workbench, it's a little fold-up uh, table you can get at Walmart. And so I set it down there. So then I start trying to figure out the size and dimensions. Uh, figured probably about a foot in diameter. So I had my scale rule here. My uh, my general rule, stainless steel ruler. And so I start trying to figure about what size diameter I want. So then I start from there. And I, I wanted to have a stone foundation, and so grateful to another gentleman that unfortunately is out of business now is uh, Jimmy Simmons. Jimmy is an awesome producer and an awesome guy, and he uh, he's no longer doing his monster model works. Uh, right. He was offering uh, stone, uh, several stone um, structure, or excuse me, and he had his own structures too, brick structures. Sure. And also uh, scratch building supplies, and one of them was uh, these stack stones, right. which also I used on the uh, the mine uh, structure we can discuss later. So I used as a base uh, for the uh, uh, the root cellar, and then built up from there the logs and kind of notched out where I wanted the logs kind of nest down. And then, of course, there's mm -hmm. no chinking in between because some of these structures either have been disassembled somewhere else and they staged them along the parkway and then they may either have disassembled and they were an actual uh, historic structure from maybe somebody's famous I, I don't know and then reassembled on location and so there's houses school houses there's even the Mabry Mills um, that's a, uh, a grist mill I think it is uh, up in Virginia so those were along the parkway, so I wanted to capture that flavor too. Yeah, so oh, that, I that, used, that is really cool. Yeah, and I used uh, Bar Mills uh, uh, Shake Shingles. I hadn't used that until a couple of years ago, and that was his stuff was really awesome. Uh, yeah, Art yeah. Uh, material is great. It's great. Yeah, he has he has he has some awesome materials, definitely. Um, that 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 structure is really cool because it gives you so many different types of materials to it, and it's just a small structure. But you see those root cellars all over the place, and I, it's another yet another thing that you don't see modeled nearly enough. I'm not saying nobody yeah. does it. I'm just saying you don't see it. it it's just that's, not something yeah, that's seen. exactly right. Yeah, but if you yeah. drive down there through backcountry roads and stuff, you're going to find root cellars uh, in, you know, all over the place down there. Uh, I, I don't sure, know, if, sure, yeah. you know I don't, what the people do with them now anymore, <laughs> but um, I'm sure they just, um, you know, their storage or whatever they do. But um, yeah, There's spring houses down here, too, you know, you see those once in a while, and uh, they'll be stone structured with uh, some uh, metal roofs on them. No. Um, I, I've actually uh, been in houses that had a little spring house into it and they had a little concrete trough. Uh -huh. And they put all their milk and uh, the, the items they wanted to keep cool, you know. Yeah. And that little uh, uh, spring house, that uh, the creek just runs right through it or it's, it's diverted water uh, right into mm -hmm. a, uh, a nearby uh, uh, little spring house. So, yeah, you see all kinds of outbuildings, sure. uh, corn cribs. Yeah, you see all that stuff. And that's, that's something I like to capture. Mm -hmm. uh, in my modeling, if possible. 
And, and that's that's super cool. I mean, and that is what we're talking about with fine scale detailing. It's not just for it's not just building structures, which we're going to get into with you in a moment here, but it's the other little details that you know you're not thinking of all the time, but that th- that make a scene. And a lot of your modeling is scenes uh, that you make. I saw one that you did had a um, it was a city park, um, and you had some old couples talking on park benches. Elderly couples. I shouldn't say old because I'm probably there now. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. Uh, Elderly couples, and you, and you use a, you, you put a statue on it, and you made a whole scene out of it. And it looked really cool. I mean, yeah, I it, built that for a friend. One of my friends, he's uh, originally from in uh, uh, Pittsburgh area, uh, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere up there. He uh, he said uh, I wanted to model a, an area where the tracks used to run down the middle of the street in Syracuse, or his version of what he called it. So. I said, you know, what What would you like to do with this area? And so we've discussed several ideas. And sometimes I was like, you know, you got to think outside the box. And when I'm thinking about, or when I'm speaking about thinking outside the box, it's also how you execute it. Right. And what I mean by that is, is that I've been challenged by a lot of my friends. And one of them, he says, you know, uh, instead of mulling on there, he says, why don't we take, say, uh, a, a drawing? Uh, he'd already get all the sidewalks in, the streets and all like that. Um, a lot of his is paved and even did some cobblestone. And all his track, a lot of that track work is in the cobblestone. It's street track. So he hand-built all his girder rail track. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty wow. neat. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> that's, that's another story is doing doing track work. I, I've been learning little by little of stretch building track work. And yeah. I still, still uh, I haven't even gotten that far. But anyhow, we <laughs> laid out a piece of paper and taped it out, cut it to fit this, this whole area of you know, cornering two sidewalks that inter- intersected this, this huge uh highway that's got the track running down the middle and then two two lanes on either side and so I said well what would you like to do he said I'm going to let you do whatever you want I said well I'm thinking about a, a, a city park he says have at it man so we happened to be at the Raleigh uh, North Carolina uh, stair they have a uh, an annual train show there usually in November and so I started looking around and I found this uh it was a, a monument from Bachman or something. It, it was mm-hmm. horrible. Some of the, the, the columns on it was terrible. So my focus was the, the actual monument where the, the, the statues were. So I found it was either Rocco, some, I don't even think they were HO. They may have been one seventy second uh, figures. I don't know, but they were out of scale. They weren't HO figures. Sure. So I bought But it's them. a statue, so who's going to know that? Exactly, exactly. So I decided, you know, um, I want to backdate this because I think he models specifically uh, late 40s, early 50s. So I said, you know, World War II is just not going to get it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to try. I'm going to cut styrene. Yes, this is very, uh, a very big of a challenge and try to fit it over the World War II helmets and oh. make them double World War One figures. Oh, that cool. Was a challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've got the one guy, he's pointing, and then yeah. there's another sharpshooter on the ground. 
And so I built these things, and then I molded them on top of the, uh, uh, the, the monument the best I could. It was very hard. And then I even had to reposition some of their arms, and that was a challenge because right. I had to heat it up, move their arms, or whatever I was able to do. So <laughs> I created World War II, uh, excuse me, World War I uh, uh, military figures, and then painted them to look like bronze, bronze figures. Yeah, you changed history, Ken. Yeah, and then I put a little bit of uh, white specks on there. Yep, changed history, man. Changed history. And then put some white specks on there to give it as the bird do. Oh, yeah. You got to have some bird shit on your, on your model, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah got to have all that. That's, that's detail, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. You can take it, you know, literally just to, to almost a new level. You know? Yeah, we put some bird bird poop on uh, some of the structures down along our waterfront uh, where, you know, seagulls and stuff would uh, would uh, would uh, land, of course, and um, uh, Sculpey the seagull, actually. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's... Now, what... With your detailing, um, I noticed you're looking into, just from what I saw on your on your uh, Facebook page um, was uh, you're looking now, I guess, at boat launches and boat slips. Yes, yes. That's yes. kind of one of those things that I, you know, sometimes if you let a module sit around long enough or a scene on a layout, you know what? Something's going to come along and it's going to fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, these two modules that you probably see, you know, on my Facebook, they're They've got some pretty extreme elevation changes. Um, we have some other modules that uh, we have elevation change, which is very rare in modular railroading, is to do uh, a change. And, I'm, and some of these are extreme, as much as probably uh, a 4 or 5% grade. But the grade is only on, we have a vertical curve up and a vertical curve down. And so the most your grade is, is right in the center. It's about, about a foot long. So, with that being said, uh, one of these modules I had sitting up there, and I've been telling a friend of mine, I come over, I I use him sometimes as a sounding board. Uh, The poor fellow, I think he's dying of cancer, and he's an ON30 guy, and I try to encourage him. And I'm, you know, just just sometimes just talking to him, and I'll look over and I'll say, hey, I'm just wanting to put a... uh, 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 a little bit higher elevation, I was going to do a waterfall. Mm. And I started looking at that, and I said, you know what? I think I can do better than that. I think I can cut a whole section out, and I'm going to try to model a section of a lake. And yes, I won't do a a waterfall, but I'm going to do a dam, and that's yet another thing. So you'll see I posted pictures of signs on the lake, do not enter. You know, I like signs, too. I love signs, because I model... The Watauga Creek in Southern, a 19, the cutoff is 1959. Mm-hmm. A model in the summer of 1959, probably, I'm not going to do an hour, but I would say probably is midsummer, probably around July, no more than August. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that particular area is going to have a, a, um, a, a lake. It's going to be a cutaway scene, and that's going to preclude me into some or include me into telling you about something else with the slope of that elevation there's about three and a half uh, inch rise in eight feet that's pretty steep yeah oh yeah most steam engines won't even do that i have to have helper service 
and I have to actually uh, drop the trains and take the train up the top of the hill, drop it off on the siding, back down, pick up the train, the rest of the train, and then uh, go across the, the, the grade. And that is very prototypical. Even the, uh, the narrow gauge that I model, I saw a lot of uh, color footage or uh, film 8-16-millimeter uh, footage of them pulling narrow gauge trains up into North Carolina from Tennessee. Oh, wow. So it is very prototypical, very prototypical. Anyway, there's one section that has a slope in there, and I said, just looking, and I'm laying this out. I'm just having a blast, cutting away with my skill saw, you know, because I hadn't planned on doing that. Didn't modify as much, and I said, you know what? This is a perfect area to do a boat slip. So I said, you know, I don't have very many vehicles that have, uh, you know, have a boat towing on it. So I started looking online, and I found some... Uh, uh, JL Innovative mm-hmm. design uh, white metal castings and there's another one I'm not too crazy about I bought it's a Viking book okay. and so I'm going to model these things where they're and that's not, another thing if you want to talk about it I like to do action mm-hmm. so the boat is either is partially out or it's being brought back into the, the, the trailer right you know? So you'll still see it down the water. And, and that's another thing, making water effects. Uh, yes. You'll have small wakes, and depending on how much uh, ripples you want on the lake, is it a, mm-hmm. is it a, a calm day with a little bit of uh, uh, ripples on the water, or is it going to be a little more choppy? You know, all, all those things add to the, to the effect that you're trying to show your, your viewers. So I'm going to create a cutaway scene of a lake. Mm-hmm. It's going to look much bigger. And so leading back into that, guys, um, that tell, that, that's something I wanted to tell you about is our slipping switching societies always challenge each other for stepping it up another notch for modeling effects. And one of those things is we do what it looks like as a cutaway scene. Like somebody came through with a hot knife and they cut right through the bridge. They mm-hmm. cut right through the buildings. And so we have a lot of structures, whether they be wood or the or plastic structures, where you'll even see interior walls, the piping, doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gives uh, you a pretty. Some, uh, it gives you a pretty. Gallon drums. It gives you a pretty Pardon? unique perspective of of, or or a pretty unique look of everything compared to just uh, you know the simple the simple way without having anything cut away. Yeah, you know, you have to, because we're in a modular club, it's very hard to get the feel of a, of a very large complex, whether it be a warehouse, um, a factory, whatever. So we actually model where the structure goes all the way up to the module, the side or wherever, and usually not the ends, because the ends is where your next module is going to connect to. So. For instance, if it's a highway, you never, and, and I say shouldn't say never ever, but you will not get the right effect if your uh, highway dead ends at the end where the next module meets. It's, it's a road to nowhere. Right. So you want to have your road curve off to the side. or the, the, In one of my modules, I have where it enters on a, on a sharp 60-degree uh, angle, and it comes on and actually goes into a, a highway tunnel. Something that again you rarely ever see modeled, and then it exit off the other side, but it does not. It does not enter and exit on the very end of the module where it, it hooks up. So it gives you the feeling of, of of flow of traffic, 
Right. Except for the train. The trains are the only ones that enter on the ends, and they do all the ends. See? Okay. So yeah. with that being said, you've got structures that can be cut away, and you may see uh, uh, doors, interior doors, and detail. That's um, awesome. I even have one module where, or several modules, I want to incorporate them to where they they may be together, but in some train shows they may actually be separated. So what I have is I've got a, uh, I use some plastruck and several details, and the the building is a uh, it's a company it's a uh, it's a white maintenance away structure. So cut away on the inside you see. Uh, some guys with uh, some uh, grease guns, and they've got a uh, they've got a motor car sitting on a, a, a piece of track that comes into, <laughs> and they got a, a big swing uh, steel uh, crane inside there, and all the detail parts. And on the other module, it may be there or not. When I say maybe they're not, when the modules are together, right. in some instance, depending on the, the the layout of the of the, the guy that sets up the layout. They may be completely uh, apart from each other. So on the other side is the the part where the uh, the motor car is swings off and it goes onto the track and into the into the into the shed. So that's yet another small detail. So that's a challenge to make those go together. And I've even made it for a piece of wire looks like the lane side of the building. You lift that up and then the the building actually slides. Yes, that's so cool. Over and it mates up to the other building. The problem with that is you better not forget when you start to tear the layout down. You better not forget that you'll probably rip that detail oh, yeah. off or the part of that structure off of that. So these are things you got to always keep fresh in your mind. So right. these are all these are all you know thinking outside the box. Yeah, to offer Definitely. perspective on yeah. the yeah. on the space you have available to do on your module. Yes, well, that's and, a, and we are we are very limited to space. Um, right. Some of our big modules, we have uh, a two-track mainline, and we signify these by uh, a number. And meaning is, is from the front edge, edge which is the public side, it's eight inches to the center of the first mainline, ten inches to the second one, and then so on. And then we have the branch line, twenty-one, and that most of our, our big modules are thirty inches wide. And then they could be they could be uh, two foot long. They could be four foot long, uh, eight foot long. The longest modules we have at this point right now are eight, uh, twelve foot long. Twelve foot, wow. Yeah, they're they're, they're thirteen wide, twelve foot long, and that uh, that yeah, that you have to have big. You have to have a one of our guys has a bus. Oh my word! <laughs> yeah, he's went through several school buses. I can tell you, he's probably on his fourth bus right now. Oh. It's a flat front, uh, flat front uh, bluebird. A bus to haul your train modules. Holy yeah, cow. yeah. I just bought a, a six by twelve uh, trailer myself here about a month. I saw and photos ago. of that. That's sweet looking too. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm going to uh, store and also transport uh, modules to and from the train show. Unfortunately, I'm limited space at my house um, because, again, where I live, um, our close mountain right here is at uh, 6,000 feet. So we're we're in extreme, extreme elevation changes, and the property right. I live on is pretty extreme. Yeah. Sure. So I don't really have a, a, a 
per se at this point in my life a, a, a basement or a, a, a you know a, a, an attic you know right. uh, room that I can I can do that so I, I'm dealing with it the best I can at this point <laughs> in my life and until things change uh, and not only that I, I get to share my house that's right. that's another thing that I, it's not a matter of just the bragging rights mm-hmm. it's a chance to go and show that it can right. be done and. I've had too many people come up and say, oh, man, your stuff's so beautiful, but I, I couldn't do that. And I, and my question is, well, why not? Why can't you do it? you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Joe, he says, you know, he says, you don't take up violin lessons on, on Tuesday and then book Carnegie Hall on Friday. Right. You know? Uh, yep. you got to start somewhere. And, and, and that's it. I mean, it doesn't have to be monstrous. You don't have to have a full basement layout. No. I mean, no. you know, we we have a we have a basement layout at Brett's. It's not exact. It's not monstrous. It's you know, it's it is long. It's sixteen foot by five foot, and um, you know, so it's it's it's, it's long and, and wide. But but it but it's not by any means a basement filler. And I don't have the room in my home. To uh, to put a to put a layout on, uh, we do it together at his home, yeah. and it's too, it's yeah. And my idea is the future of our my granddaughters can look at it and say, okay, you know, my dad, and my grandfather built this. But you know, regardless of your space, I see groups out there that that build their layouts on shelves. I mean, I mean, a few just, of our guests just even said that they don't even do layouts right now. They just build. Right? They just build. Uh, Modules and and little tiny dioramas and shelf them or move, move on to other projects. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, do what you can. That's my downfall. That's my downfall right now. I got too many projects in my back of my mind <laughs> that I want to do. I I even want to create. Now this sounds crazy. Have modules that have absolutely no track on them that I can attach them. We as a extended scene. We yeah. love that idea. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can get as much, not just detail, but is, you can get enough imagination to look at uh, my mini models. They're 15 inches wide. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is I've had guys say, well, you know, I wish we had the, the backdrops. If you had the backdrops, oh, man, it looked great. As yeah. well, you, that is true. You, you know, in our hobby, there's compromises, always right. compromises. We can't <laughs> model a one-to-one HO scale Lay a railroad, you know what? Right. You know, you you stick it on there. The name of your railroad, if it's a Southern or if it's a Clinchfield sure. W or whatever, or the Pennsylvania, whatever. You you have to have it compromises. We all do, right? Um, Absolutely. Like my my ground throws. They're they're you know a lot of people say, oh, they're you guys use those caboose industry ground throws. I say, yeah, but the problem mm-hmm. is the ones are scale. I can't get my fingers underneath them, so. We have to make compliments <laughs> to those ground throws. You know, Absolutely, so fingers on them. You know, Absolutely. even so, the, and, even the monster layouts. Like, uh, if oh you, yeah, we're like we often we talked about it every show. But George Celios has that layout, and a lot of his structures are only half a structure. You know, sure. I'd say a lot of them. And they have, yeah. um, you know, it, 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 there's there's roads going to nowhere, and he can't model you like you said one for one on the HO scale. No matter what you have, you're not going to be able to do it. even a full size layout like um, our 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 buddy Howard Zane. I mean, he's yeah. got 
there's he he talked about that in in our interview with him was uh, you know the forced perspective you need so you can fit things on that you that you have to by using the smaller things in the background and and such and you know you, you're right a lot of compromise in this hobby. Yeah, and I've actually I've heard the story that George Silios's layout was almost overly scenic. And yeah. he had to go back in and kind of tone it down and, and take out a lot of stuff because it right. was so busy. Yeah. And I've yeah. kind of taken that concept and I thought, well, you know, I've got a lot of modules that are, they were town seats. They're really busy. Mm-hmm. It's almost too much. They're full of track. They're right. full of structures. Um, so I'm going to take it to where even most, some of the recent modules, it's just one track going through there. Yeah. It may not be straight through it. The, the, the eight foot, uh, modules are not only on a hill, but mm-hmm. they're they're curving. They're they're swinging back and forth, right. and they're they're going in and out of between. You have to you know the viewer has to step back or look around to see if they can find the train. And that that to me is 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 an effect to, that I've seen in a lot of, of layouts. But it can mm-hmm. be done right, and it can be done poorly. Sure. So I've kind of toned down, and I'm doing more scenery and. Mm-hmm. You know, trees and rocks and all like that. And some of my modules only have, say, two two structures. Yeah. But I might have, say, uh, a culvert on on the on my. Uh, I actually have two modules. I call them drug modules, upper and downer. <laughs> uh, I've got the, the the two curved modules that's Nick and Nack, and I've got the one that's got the sixteen that's called Bonnie and Clyde. Nice. Um, anyway, it's a little bit more of that. Yeah, I think anyway, that's pretty I've cool. Got, I've got I've got several uh, billboard signs on that scratch bill. Right. So they're alongside the highway. So I've got a, a cool looking uh, uh, Joe Ricard uh, scenic dot com uh, church, mm-hmm. a little uh, little Baptist church or whatever it is on the on the side of the road there. You know, and then at the top of the right. hill next to the track, I've got a. Uh, uh, a grant line of motor cars or a hand car shed. So <laughs> it, it, it's not crammed full of, of structures, right? but you, you still get the feeling that, you, you know, you might be out of the wilderness, but you're not that far away because you'll still see that there's not only this highway, but there's also uh, some uh, civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with your trees, um, your trees are absolutely gorgeous. Um, oh, do, do, you make you. Those, do you make those uh, all yourself, or yeah. are they yeah. from kits, well, or even I've natural? several things. Uh, one of them is, the ones that take a lot of time, is I bought a huge bag. Uh, I think the company's out of business now. It was called Sweetwater. Uh, and it was um, it was a safe rush. Uh-huh. So he gets this big bag of sagebrush, and I bought it maybe at a train show. Again, it, it, my hobby is now, most of it is all online. I, there, we have very few hobby stores down here, and all the brick and mortars, most of them are closed up. So right. the, the, closest, the closest one to me is in Spencer, North Carolina. That's about a two-hour drive from there. Yeah. So it, probably I had it in this bag of, of, uh, uh, of sagebrush, and so to get the extra detail, I've used super trees. Mm-hmm. And I glued the super trees and then lightly spray painted or masked the, uh, try to blend the uh, super trees in with the uh, armature of the uh, face brush. Oh, nice. And then apply, and then apply the, uh, uh, whether I'm using spray glues or whatever to put the base uh, uh, flocking on there. 
mm-hmm. and then maybe hairspray and then add add more as, as I go. Uh, I love trees. I've been building. I've been making them using. The, I made my own. It's a hand lathe, and I when I say a hand lathe, it's literally is my Dewalt drill, mm-hmm. and I took a half by half uh, piece of balsa wood, drilled a hole into it, and I stuck a four penny nail and glued, super glued the nail in, huh. in the bottom of it, stuck it in the truck, and I spin it. Try not to put too much pressure. And because sometimes the glue will break loose if you get in too big of a hurry, and I've been known to get in a hurry, and spin and round it in like you're making a little hand lathe. And that's how I taper my balsam trees to make hemlock trees or evergreen trees. Oh, cool. And then I've been at, I bought a kit, uh, it was called Scenic Factory, mm-hmm. and it's a, uh, at, how should I say it right now? It's pomosa or as, uh, asparagus fern. Oh. And uh, depending on the, the, the this, like this one fellow, not here recently, the scenic factory, uh, he was selling them in kits. And you would buy that, and then you could buy either the whole kit to his tree. Mm-hmm. You could do the, the bark, whatever. He had even a bark texture material. Nice. Um, and then, depending on that, the, the size of your tree, you could, uh, uh, you know, glue these pieces uh, that you trim off of asparagus, and I take a little, uh, either a, a, a needle, a little thread needle, or the tea pins, and then stick it inside of this prep, prep stain and, and textured uh, uh, balsa wood uh, for the trunk, and make my uh, evergreen trees. Oh, nice! Yeah, and you yeah. saw that. You said that's yeah. asparagus fern. It's a circus fern or it's pomosa. Pomosa fern. It, okay. it, it's a. I guess you can you can buy it. Uh, some of your uh, go online. You can find some on in the dried flower. I think I bought my last batch uh, through Amazon. Yeah. And you got to be careful of that too, because some of the way they lay them out on the on the paper towels, whatever. Right. The dyes that they put in there to to, to treat that it uh, it'll stick to the the branches, and you're having to cut. You know, the, 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 your, your armatures to fit in there. The problem is, is that I ran into a big problem because where my, my one of the modules, the Watauga Creek module with the mine on, it was sitting over a, uh, a fluorescent light. It started to bleach out and it, the dye was going out. So it ended up looking like the trees that we're having problems now, but the blight's getting the trees, so all the limbs are turning kind of a, of a uh, I don't want to say a grayish, but a, a, a bleaching out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh crap! I had trees already mounted on the, the module <laughs> where I glued them in, and I'm like, oh god! So I had to go in there and and mask the, the scenery. So I was like, well, what am I, how am I going to do this? And I thought I got an idea. I used uh, tinfoil, and so <sighs> since the tinfoil can cover over the trees and some of the the brush and all like that, I, I was able to. Uh, Ma- uh, mask up around these trees and I had to airbrush the darn mimosas. Uh, <laughs> so now any new ones that I build, I spray paint them right off the bat. Oh, and I wow. use rattle cans. I use a lot of rattle cans. I don't always use uh, sure. uh, uh, airbrush, which I, I did do on that one. I did do the airbrush and that, that's mm-hmm. okay too, but uh, that's kind of a newfound part of my uh, scenery is doing these really inexpensive uh, uh evergreen trees, whether white pine, hemlock, you know, right. you name it. And then 
I'll add some dead branches underneath, and so I'll trim off some of the excess little uh, armatures of the sagebrush and glue those, and stick a pin underneath that as I finish it up, and then stick those uh, little, you know, uh, how should I say it, the little bent sagebrush follicles underneath of there, underneath that, and that's the parts, the ones that either died off or broken off or whatever. Yeah, because they're all they're all funky shaped, you know. The sagebrush yeah, gives yeah. you that funky branch. I've been trying yeah, to find sagebrush. Yeah. I can't find sagebrush around here, and um, I guess it's something I'm gonna have to order online because I want to make some trees out of the sagebrush themselves because they provide a really gnarly looking trunk, you know. And yeah. um, so I'm gonna have to try and find some. Is it obviously our region of this? Up here in Pennsylvania, uh, I don't think sagebrush no, is very common. It's not a yeah. uh, pretty much a western, a western yeah, thing there. Yeah, but it offers a treat to be found anyway. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me they said, "Oh, I wish I had a family member or whatever that went out there and bagged up or boxed up and <laughs> it back to the East Coast here or whatever, you know." Uh, yeah, because they had all this, this sagebrush, you know. But so I guarantee that's our disadvantage. Yeah. I guarantee you, somebody out there on the line, online somewhere, someone who us probably has access to it, has sagebrush, yeah. or you can find it for sale. Uh, in, in, I'm sure somebody's selling that stuff, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I think they are too. I, I haven't looked because I've almost depleted my uh, yeah. uh, my stock, what I've got left. But you know, when the time comes, I'm sure I'll try to find somebody out there I know that provides that. I, oh, I absolutely. And, and if anybody's out has, there listening tonight or today or Friday, um, if you know or you can get sagebrush or you know somebody who has it, please let us know because I'm very interested. Oh, yeah. And, and you <laughs> know what? Models dead trees perfectly. Yeah. It, it's awesome for dead trees. I have several dead trees. It, it, it just it draws your eye to that. You know, you've got a full filled tree with all this flocking on there, and then, you know, not too far away, you've got another one that's, you know, that, uh, Actually, on one of them, I've got a, uh, I won't say it's uh, kutsu, and that's another thing down in our areas, uh, especially beyond. We've got a lot of kutsu. Mm-hmm. Um, it just covers over everything. It covers over the, the light poles, the guardrails, the trees, everything. Yeah. Um, but in my area, it's not as bad. Because you don't have to go too far, like towards Asheville or beyond, and man, it's over everything. So, uh, um, and, and that's cool that you model a lot of stuff with natural... Uh, material and and there's a lot of uh, I you know model railroaders out don't out there they go to a hobby shop and they'll see you know your kit and we we bought a bunch of them too those you know woodland scenics I like woodland scenics I'm not knocking woodland scenics we have woodland right. scenic trees that we made they turned out awesome they turned out nice um, but it's expensive and um, oh boy howdy. You know, and you go in there and you go to a hobby shop and you're thinking about getting a model railroad started, especially if you're newer to the hobby and you're thinking, oh gosh, how am I even going to afford the trees? <laughs> you know, how am I oh, going to yeah. afford to put a whole, let's say I want 50 to 60 trees and 50 to 60, when you think about that, it isn't a hell of a lot of trees. No. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so so when you when you're thinking about that, you're like, well, how am I going to swing that? I mean, and, and be able to let's say I want to put a forest on, you know, there there is 
a million things online on videos and such on YouTube on how to make different trees. Some of the ones that Ken was talking about. I mean, um, maybe Ken will write something nice uh, on his own on his own group page about how he made the trees. That would be cool. Uh, no pressure. Well, I, and uh, <laughs> actually, I, I did do a little. I I've got a, a, a YouTube channel that's. that's we're into the, the terrier group, so I call it Silly Westies mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, and a lot of it is just raw material I've uploaded. Some of them I've done some, uh, uh, I've done some heading, not much. I, I'm not always like a lot of these guys that, uh, you know, they can spend a lot of time. I'll tell you one of the guys I really like and I follow, and that's Luke Dillon. Oh, Luke Dillon does a great he's... job on his videos, and yep. it, 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 he holds your 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 attention right off yes. the back. Uh, yes, but I did one that uh, it's um, I'm using this reindeer moss, and I was trying to duplicate or trying to model uh, in our area. We have a, another evergreen, and probably up in your area, it's a rhododendron and mountain sure. and so I've used. That's pretty much a dried, um, maybe you could say it's a, um, well, it's moss, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like you're liking that, you know, you can get through uh, Woodland Phoenix, but it's dark close to it. Right. And then what I've done was, is that I took the, um, and I, another product I love is Scenic Express. And I used some of their turf, and I used a contact spray, and I sprayed that on there. And then I dipped these pieces that I pulled out of the uh, reindeer moss, and I created these bushes that would try to uh, replicate the, the, the evergreen rhododendrons in this area. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to step it up a notch, then you could use either paint or maybe a, a, a colored flocking for the blooms. Right. Uh, most of that's usually around June. Uh, they're probably not even here a month if right. you wanted to model the blooms of a, of a rhododendron. Right. Then there's also some material or, or some trees I have gotten sometimes for holidays. Uh, my most recent one it was from Michaels, and they're not exactly cheap, but they're really really nice. It's a it's a, uh, a plastic tree. It you know looks like an evergreen, and it's back about where they have a lot of this. Um, I think it's like a fairy gardens or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them they'll have some trees, and some of them. They're light green. They're way too bright. And right. I've even spray painted them or whatever. But I've even used those amongst all my other trees and uh, to, to create a much smaller. It's about no more than a two-inch tall tree. Right. About an inch and a half. And there's about three in a pack. Sure. Uh, I think you could get them on sale for, and I, and I know I listened to you show talking about, you know, getting the, the sale, the, the, the discounts. To buy Gotta have a coupon. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. Just to read. And, I mean, you could do the coupon or the 40% off when you're buying the your, even your, some of your trees or whatever you want to buy, sure. too. Yep. Um, and I've also bought the bags that uh, they have different size. They're not as nice trees. Right. Um, during the Christmas time, they got these that have all the white, looks like snow. And I've actually even spray-painted green right over them. Like yeah. a hundred green, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're not as nice. They're not as nice. But if um, you put them in the background of a scene and you mix them yeah. in with some other trees, uh, you can you can actually take some of that not so nice away and make it look like a more natural set. That's true. That is true. And one other thing I've I've used is, uh, and I saw this from a fellow I 
didn't actually see him, but I saw his uh, YouTube channel. That was Joe Ricard. With oh, he's another amazing um, guy at oh, Scenery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. He did the furnace filter, and he was doing it, I think, on one of his buddies' ON30 layout, but he was using uh, a fine woodland scenic turf mm-hmm. to create a bramble or whatever, and uh, I did those things. It turned out pretty good. It's a little harder in HO scale, but you, you can do it. Yes. Um, and so I'm trying to create like a, a briars or blackberry bushes or whatever. Uh, you you name it, whatever you want. And uh, put those on there too. So and Joey's it, it got some. Have to be expensive. Oh, you're right. You're right. Joey's got some amazing videos out there. Uh, oh, yeah. Joey Ricard uh, that are you know free to watch and yeah. uh, just just uh, um, you know he's very good at explaining them and he makes them out of uh, out of materials that you can find anywhere. Uh, either outside or you know in 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 a hardware store or wherever he finds his stuff. Your kitchen. Sure. This guy's made yeah. stuff of your kitchen. So you know he's he's uh, very creative, but his scenery is awesome. Well, I even have a I have my own blender. I'm mm-hmm. not going to use it for my drinks or anything like that. <laughs> but I went outside here and grabbed up a handful of uh, of uh, leaves and then. Uh, blend them up in the machine. I'll strip off the stalk or whatever out of the leaves, sure. and you know, after even if they've been sitting there for several months, as long as they're not too wet, and put them down in there and grind them up, and then sift out the different uh, grades, right? And then uh, have that as your force floor. Sure, and I've done that too. Um, yeah. I have a little mini chop. It's a Cousinart mini chop that my wife doesn't use anymore, and uh, she gave it to me, and it's perfect. It's, it's very small, and uh, taking dry leaves and stuck them in there, like you said. Once you start grinding them up, you want to stop and then open the thing up and dig out the stems because they don't chop up real well, and um, you know, and then, of course uh, get rid of those. But it, you can make awesome, just like you said, ground floor. Uh, ground material. I, I don't know if you saw the model I uh, they did with the uh, Goober's Garage, where yeah. I put the details yeah. around it, and yeah. in there around the trees and in the grass, I mix. I just put sprinklings of of you know dried leaves, uh, broke them down sure. to make it look like they you know they've already started falling off the trees. You know, late late summer kind of look, and uh, early fall, late summer, and. Um, you know, and it, and it cost you. It cost me exactly nothing to make. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't have to be expensive. I I, I think sometimes that uh, you know we think well we're you know we're going to have to use woodland scenics or we're going to have to use the JTT trees or whatever. And you know, right. it, it doesn't. Have, it, I, I I couldn't afford it, guys. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Not on my budget. No, I, we I couldn't have to either. Find means and ways. You know. Yeah. Yep. So, and and. And here's another thing. I love the static grass. Now, I'm willing to splurge on the static grass. I yeah, will definitely too. do that. <laughs> and it lasts quite so, a, it lasts know, a little it, longer. It's not like you're you're it's not like you're going to put with like a pack of 10 trees that cost you 15 or 20 bucks, you're done with them quick. Right, stat- right. You can exactly, spread the static grass exactly. out a little bit. Yeah. You guys will have to excuse me. My, my, my wife came in. She was upstairs, so I hope you don't hear anything. No, it's no, okay. Hey, my, while we were doing this, my wife was in the next room sewing, and the dog came in here and crawled through my my stand where I have the uh, 
computer, and the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, oh, please don't knock it over, please don't knock it over. And then just in the last two minutes, the cat came up here, and I hope you didn't hear that either, but he was, I have a tin cup down here, and he was down here batting it around. I'm like, no, no, not the tin cup, not the tin cup, and I'm trying to make not make any noise. (laughs) Well, don't worry about it. While we're on the subject, as far as this, you know, creating things you don't see, now backing it up a little bit, after I've even applied my static grass, and maybe even like like the, the root cell, the, the small historical, you know, sure. cultural structure, I've even went back in. Because let's face the facts, it doesn't have to be fall to have leaves on the ground, but you can right. do that. Yep. But also, after, after a storm, whatever, you'll have a lot of the leaves. So I'll even... I use a lot of this lately here, the knock, mm-hmm. um, uh, tree flocking. Right. And I'll, I'll sprinkle just a light bit of it and then hairspray it in, in the grass where there's a, uh, yeah. a, a little bit of uh, leaves down there where they got a windstorm and it blows some of the leaves off and they, they land down in the grass, you know. Um, and I in, in, in one of the other scenes you saw, I put uh, some of the, uh, I had some of the scrap of the bottom out of what was left of the uh, sagebrush, and I made some limbs that had been snapped off and, and right. broken down in the grass and tried to seed it down in the grass so it's 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 visible, but it's right. not like it's floating over the grass. That, that yeah. doesn't look too realistic. So yeah, all these little effects add to the theme. Right. I dare you to take a walk through the woods or in the, an open field area or a farm where a farmer has, you know, uh, open fields and such in the fall or whatever. And, you know, in nature like that, where you are not going to see down down leaves, down tree, uh, tree limbs. I mean, you know, you're going to find this stuff. I mean, this is how nature reacts uh, from day-to-day, be it a storm or just simply rotting and drying out. I mean, these are things that these are things that people don't take into account. And we mentioned our pet animals, and I was just thinking about this, is adding animals, uh, some wildlife to your scenes, some deer, oh, yeah. um, you know, horses at your farm. I've seen, I've seen people model farms with barns, and there's not a horse, a pig, or a cow, or any <laughs> type of farm life on the whole damn farm. And you're like, yeah, that's a so, pretty so farm. World, but, huh? Yeah. It must, be the, it must be the Twilight Zone, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's counting the Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, and we've got guys that are that way. It's like, guys, where's your vehicles? Where's your people? Yeah. Oh, yeah, where's the dogs and the cats and, you know, the horses and cows and all that? Because, right. you know, they do live here, too, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's always great and, to and, add and, everything and, to and that's going into that, too, is, you know, I, I've used the baking clay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, a, one of those experimental things. And it's like, I don't know, try not to be too gross, but rolling up a piece of, of baking clay and then sometimes, you know, mixing some of the different colors. Mm-hmm. You can get one of these little simple kits, you know. Uh, at, if you uh, say seagulls, or even Walmart. Yeah. And then roll it up like, and I was going to say that it's like a booger. Um, <laughs> and I pinched off a little bit and then rolled it up into a, a, a kind of cone shape. And then it's like I was sitting there like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? i got to try to hold this. And I'm like, ah, i got an idea. I stuck a pin in the tapered end. That's the entryway to the, the, uh, the wasp nest. Yeah. So put it on a piece of foil, take it over there, put it in the oven, bake it for 15 minutes bring it back over here, and then I even stepped it up a notch, another one. 
I took one of my wire brushes, my little scale model brushes, or I mm-hmm. think it's, I think that's what it was, metal or brass brush, and I raked it into a, a, a kind of a horizontal uh, stroke. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at even a, a wasp nest, it's it's kind of a papery gray look, doesn't it? And it's yeah. layered, right? Right? Yeah. You know, so, so I've even yeah, got it's all chewed crazy. up on the outside. It looks like yeah, 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 exactly. And then AC it or whatever glue it, and that's where you saw that one wasp nest. Right. And I did that here recently. I'm not going to say that's my cue card, but uh, yeah. I, I hate I hate these. Yeah. I hate yellow jackets. I hate <laughs> you know. Me too. I, in the building, in the building industry, it seemed like I was always, "Hey, Ken, go up there. We got you to remove that. You know, we got to start <laughs> renovating." I'd get this stun the crap out of me. You know, it's like thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. You know. So anyway, that that's an added feature mm-hmm. to a, a structure. Nice. As you see it, I yeah, I'll tell you something else. I'd like to do, but it would be kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. Because then it's some of the stuff it gets too small, too fine, and that's um, mud daubers. Right. You see mud daubers nest all the time. I've not mm-hmm. tried that yet. I, that right. might be that might be pushing <laughs> the limit, right? There. It might be stretching uh, a little there, but, but yeah, yeah. Now you're matter of fact, I'm, I'm sorry. Matter of fact, one of my buddies, Joe, that's taught me a lot, and and I and I, my friends, I don't see them that much. Most of them, we're spread out all over North Carolina, and my good friend, friend Joe, went. Um, he uh, he ended up having to be excommunicated to Greenville, uh, North Carolina, because his wife works for uh, 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 Eastern Carolina. Um, right. Anyway, he always teased me. He says, uh, I just wanted to say, here, he gave me this little small sheet of paper. I said, well, that's great. Uh, what's it for? He says, well, he says, you cut it up into a million gulp wrappers, and then you just glue them down all over your layout. It's like blown trash all over the layout. Gee, Joe, thank you. I really need those gum wrappers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, of, little, little bit of humor there, you know? So, uh, hey, you know, you, you, you say that, but uh, we had Kathy Malott on, um, I guess, Millet, from... Um, uh, you know, from over in the United Kingdom, and uh, we had her on a couple of weeks ago. She uh, she has a video out there on how she made some trash uh, using candy wrappers and all kinds of other stuff, and then she chopped it up real fine um, into little itty bitty pieces, and it made like amazing looking trash on on her work. Um, sure. It, you know, so so yeah, you could you could that guy was helping man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. they, they, they said, you know, since I'm the detail nut, you know, we're, we're going to help you out. You know, he said, the only thing is you have to cut them out at your own risk. And I said, I appreciate that. <laughs> Matter no. of fact, somebody was, uh, I saw online where they were taking, um, I think it was evergreen styrene rods. I'm not sure if it's, I won't say it's 20,000. I'm not sure. And they were painted in different colors. And then they were taking a straight razor blade and they were cutting it to look like tin cans or drink cans and then gluing them as litter right. on the layout. Wow. And that's an effect, but again, so that's another thing. You have to exaggerate yeah. something. It may have to be a bright color like a red or a blue or whatever. Sure. And, and sometimes that's not always a great appearance because you're drawing your attention because 
let's say if it, it's a, a Jolly Green Giant can, and if it is tin or whatever, you want it to look a little rusty. That's right. a little bit hard to do that, but you're also wanting to draw your your viewer's eye to the, the, the actual detail that you're you're wanting to do. And again, that can be that can be misused or it can be exaggerated, and it can be done either good or, or excuse me, well or or incorrectly. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's really tough on an HR scale level to bring de- bring that kind of detail in on right. on a can or trash. I mean, you can you see it all the time done on on military modeling where they where you go, wow, you know, that would be so cool if I could make my HO look like that. Well, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you, you see these see these modelers. I don't know if you ever get on Instagram, but on Instagram, there's a lot of military modelers on there. There's a lot of modelers that build nothing but walls, like storefront walls. They're flat. It's just a flat. And yeah, sometimes they're flat. Sometimes it's just a little corner, but but it's but it's not. It's never a full right. structure. They'll do a store a yeah. storefront, and then it, you know it's in a little bit. Uh, it's in a larger scale. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to say probably one thirty fifth to one. 48th or something like that but it's um, you know down to the very details of a shelf that has every little label on it and you you sit there and look at it and you're just uh, just amazed by it yeah Uh, yeah. but uh, you you know I see that kind of stuff I'm like wow I'd love to be able to do that well don't get me wrong I'm not going to say it's impossible but I'm going to say in HS scale you have to have um a realistic, a realistic thought that you're not going to be able to recreate every tiny little small detail. Uh, just yeah, so and that's another thing. You can overdo it, right? And and that that is. Or here's another thing: certain areas, say it's a it's a certain location on your layout that you know that's going to be skewed. Um, you know whether they're coming either on a corner where the, there's a wide space in the layout. And that you could put a little more detail there, that's fine. But you could over detail, and I and I've been guilty of that too. Is that you just almost I'll say again from the George Solios that you can almost over detail it, and it, mm-hmm. it gets to a point it's too much. Right. You know? right. Exactly. Exactly. It starts to look gaudy in moderation. Right. And, and with a guy like George, he knows where to stop with that. You know, yeah, he, he exactly. details like crazy, but then he knows, okay, this is where I have to draw the line to where this is not going to make this pho- photographically pleasant. Yeah, and I'm sure, and, you know, you're seeing his photographs uh, like he wants you to see him. I'm sure he's all done. Right. He's done the same thing we've all done where you you go crazy on something and you got to come back and scale yeah, back yeah. from it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we just saw a recent model, and you maybe you have too, of one of our other guests that was recently on here, and that's Frank Varga. And he just put yeah. one out uh, recently. He's done an, uh, an IGA building, uh, an IGA grocery that he made uh, out of the um, – oh, shoot, I, I made that model too. Um, it was uh, the uh, Metzger building from Foscale. And um, he, I don't know if you saw those photos at all. I um, can't recall right off anime. It's in, one of the, it's in a couple of the groups uh, this week. He's not done with it. And I will. I got to tell you. That's about the closest I've seen to being able to detail. That guy takes the detail uh, to extreme, but he knows right where to cut it off yep. on that on that scene to where 
it's it's all it's amazing yet it's not overblown to the point where you've overcrowded things and uh i think it might be the finest model i've seen done this year or in the last two years um if you get a chance uh, maybe later i'll try and personally link you to one of the photos um but uh, it is pretty cool on structures. So we didn't really touch on structures. We went right to scenery and detail, but on structures, you know, you've done a boatload of structures over the years from many manufacturers. You want to share some of that with us a little bit? Well, yeah, you know, um, uh, <laughs> as far as the structures, you know, okay, let, let you ask me to do this. I, I, I'm going to grade up that. I'll, I'll tell you, I've been in the hobby. Probably, well, I'm probably telling on myself. Um, I was starting out as I was probably about maybe 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a real young whippersnapping like that in the 70s. Um, okay. And so uh, I don't have the story where I can say that, um, uh, you know, dad was in the hobby or my parents or whatever bought a train, set it up around the Christmas or whatever. Um, I had a, a brother-in-law, an ex-brother-in-law now. Um, he was in the end scale. Uh, I, uh, I have another another thing. I have five, I had five mothers. And when I say that, I had my mom and four sisters. <laughs> so, <laughs> And they're going to say, oh, God, you're, that's what's wrong with you. You're spoiled. And I said, well... Maybe, you know, maybe I never had a, a wet diaper, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't actually, my mom and dad broke up when I was about seven years old. And so my mom and I, she got in her 1962 uh, or 61 uh, T-Bird, and we came to Boone. Um, anyway, to make a long story short, she, uh, my uh, second oldest sister, was uh, married to this fellow, was a modeler from uh, West Virginia, and he uh, ended up, he had, when I first saw, went to their house down in Fort Lauderdale, they had this uh, a two-by-four N-scale left that ran at a scale, 100 scale miles an hour. Uh-huh. But I was mesmerized by the scenery and the trains and all like that. It's like, wow, that is really cool. Yeah. So to fast forward a couple of years, you know, I was like, yeah, I'd really like to be uh, on trains. So, uh, he ended up stepping up his his uh, uh, his hobby, right. and he got into HO scale, and he ended up he uh, he mixed to his, his most favorite hobbies, and that was drinking whiskey and model railroading, because he built a four by eight layout in the corner of his bar. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably I like that guy. The, uh, yeah, maybe so, but it didn't go well for my sister. Anyway, uh, okay. so he collecting and trains and all like that, and he gave me some of his old model railroaders. So I ended up uh, communicating back and forth with my sister um, on the old landline like it used to be. I have a train set. So I got some of my Christmas money, and I bought my first train set, which was the Chattanooga Choo Choo by Tyco. Mm-hmm. So... I pretty much set it up, or, you know, bought it, and I had it delivered by an aunt and uncle I'd never met from Canada. It was my uh, my dad's sister and my uncle, and they bought it, by the way, my sister in Fort Lauderdale. And I gave, sent them the money, and I bought that. I, I, my parents, my dad didn't even, didn't even buy it. He might have thought it was a waste of time, but um, I must say that he did help me 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I played with it on the floor until uh, you know I about wear it out, and so <laughs> we ended up. He uh, he helped me. Uh, we did a four by eight layout, right. and he uh, uh, we did a cookie cutter, and he did a very another unusual thing. We drew out these uh, radiuses out of this old pl- uh, paneling, and so we did. Uh, I think it was eighteen or twenty, twenty two. 24, even all the way up to a 36-inch radius. Nice. And that's how we did the yeah. curvatures and drew them out because it was the width of the the uh, uh, the uh, cork roadbed. And then, you know, they cut whatever, you know, we wanted to do on mm-hmm. and had it on these 4 by 4 white pine uh, uh, posts, corner uh, legs, mm-hmm. and the the uh, under-framing, and it was, we got a, a little book from uh, Atlas, and it was track plans, and so that was all L. Girder, and you won't believe it. Yes. The, the framework was Wormy Chestnut. Wormy uh-huh. Chestnut is the collector's piece now. I'm like, I oh, got now today. They tear the layout just to get the Wormy Chestnut. And they, we had oh yeah. Some old bar- barn wood or whatever they'd had milled out. So oh yeah. That was some of the main outside framing for this thing. So oh. anyway, one of my first kits I bought was the. Um, and we end up, we did get a, a hobby store up here. I, I don't live out in the middle of nowhere, especially today. You know, I told you, I, I live in a college town as Appalachian sure. State University. Who's going to so win this big, weekend? Yeah, yeah, we'll That's see. Hope. We're, root, I, I, we're I, rooting I, for them. We're rooting for them. I think they're going to be, uh, I think that they're going to have their pen them, but we'll see, you know. Never, never, hey, they played, they played, uh, Michigan State, and uh, they were the they were the Cinderella, you know, yeah. situation there. That's but, right. We're, well, we're pulling for them. Anyway, we ended up getting <laughs> a hobby store, and so I, I it was called Miss. And one of the first kits I found, I thought it was great, was the side dam models. And I think they were pretty much a shake in the box structure. Um, this one was uh, corrugated metal. It was a three stall engine house. And it all had to be soldered up. So thanks to my get my dad, we used uh, his soldering gun. No, not a soldering iron. We used a soldering gun. I'm like, could you make it any harder? So we built it to the jig. <laughs> and he helped me. But we never actually finished the structure. Right. For years, I even had it when I was a, a young, 20-some-odd-year-old adult. And I always said, man, i got to have somewhere to put this thing. And... Um, Ended up, uh, it, it, uh, it ends up giving it away to some fella. It had a cardstock roof. And, uh, I mean, everything was there. Even the doors, we had soldered them in an open position. Uh, it had the little machine shop on the side. But, uh, oh, yeah, nice. I had uh, had all the roofing, but it ended up, it, it was starting to be worse to wear. Um, right. Then eventually, right. Uh, I, I didn't stay too long out of the hobby. Uh, you know, the whole story is, you know, I... I found girls and found cars and all like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't too long after that. I, I kind of stuck to it. Um, my wife, poor wife, she 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 needs a gold star uh, for being <laughs> married to me all these years um, and putting up with it. She, uh, I ended up getting interested in logging railroads. Mm-hmm. So another one of my first kits was I bought the, I had to do research on it. It was the JV Models Boyd Logging Camp. Mm-hmm. So you bought the whole kit. It's a little shake in the box. You cut, you stain all your woods. You cut it or whatever you need to size. And you had all the templates. And you had the, the cook shack. And you had the bunk houses. And you even had a water tank. 
and uh, it had a lot of detail to it. I mean, it's pretty pretty crude, but as far as his, uh, you know, uh, uh, craftsman kits, that was right. probably my. Uh, but, and to back up, uh, I did share on the internet one of my cardstock depots I built on my four by eight layout, and right. um, I, I'll tell you, I don't know whatever happened to that. And again, it was very crude. It didn't have this. Right. I didn't. I was. I was just a kid, and I, you know, sure. I painted it up, and it, it it looked, you know, good enough for me. Um, but it was on the corner of my four by eight layout. Uh, and then after that, when I got out of the logging uh, uh, scene, I was getting by that time. I was getting interested in the uh, the narrow gauge because mm-hmm. we have a, a local amusement park, and it's called the Tweety Railroad. And they have some veteran engines, or one engine from the original railroad. It was called the East Tennessee Western North Carolina. Right. And Level River Railroad. And so that's kind of where that came. And I fell in love with this railroad and the history and the research and that. I was even a member of the uh, historical, uh, historical Society. Right. Uh, and ended up meeting another fellow from St. Louis that was building laser cut kits. It was called Webster Classic Models. And I think he had um, he had American model builders doing his laser cutting. So he cut his windows, doors, roofing, everything for him. And right. uh, he brought out a two-stall engine house that was a prototype in a town called Elizabethton, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, uh, a dual-gauge interchange. Uh, I, that was probably my first, uh, was, excuse me, I should say, yes, one of my first laser cut structures I built um, probably in the uh, in the mid '90s. Before that, I scratch built a uh, using a Campbell scale model. I built a prototype narrow gauge covered bridge. And again, I didn't have any dimensions. I even went on site and measured the only existing stone uh, abutment. Uh-huh. And I didn't have the other one because apparently at one time on the other side of the creek they had uh, pushed all the rocks either down the creek or pushed them somewhere land, you know, pushed them up and then buried them. And so I had absolutely nothing but photographs to go by to build that. And I didn't have any scale lumber, so I ended up using, um, uh, I used evergreen uh, siding. Okay. It was a uh, uh, kind of a, I won't say it was shiplap. But it was a, I tried to be as authentic as possible. So I built this thing and scratch built uh, and hand laid all the uh, near H13 track through the, uh, the bridge. Oh, nice. So I was really starting to get in, starting to really get into the narrow gauge yeah. and, and the structures. And, and again, there's very few structures left. There are a few. Um, but, and there was, there's no water tanks or whatever. So, the biggest problem with that is very little as far as equipment. Uh, I have scratch built some uh, rolling stock. I entered a contest mm-hmm. back in 1995 at the Nair Gauge Convention in uh, King of Prussia mm-hmm. uh, up there in Pennsylvania and sure. won second place with a, uh, a, a car. It was called an excursion car. They used this, a flat car with uh, side boards or I should say posts in the pockets and the corner pockets because it was a, this car could either be a flat car or it could be a, a, a gondola what it was convertible gone they called it so they put these pockets and then built a roof on it and they would use it on weekends or during the months for excursions 
up here in the mountains because nice. a lot of people were flocking here to the mountains because they're trying to get away from the, the heat in the in the, mm-hmm. in the Piedmont and the, in the lower country. So I I stretch built that car, and the biggest problem is is motor power. Yeah. Um, there, there really is nothing available. They did come out with a brass engine. It's, uh, of all things, DC. Mm-hmm. You would think they'd have made a DCC. So right. having good uh, good equipment, unless you try to wing it and go with Blackstone, right. um, there's just nothing much there. So yeah. I started deciding, you know what? I think I want to start doing a fictitious railroad. Uh, of some of the railroads around here during the uh, the steam to diesel transition. So yeah. that's when I started really kind of really going with it. I started looking at a lot of structures, you know, either prototype photographs or I was just going to be as this borderline, you know, uh, prototype freelance as yeah. possible. So I started uh, buying uh, uh, structures like the Builders and Scale Elm Street. That's a nice kit. That is a um, nice kit. Yeah, it, it integrates the hydrocal uh, stone or brick walls with mm-hmm. the laser cut and also uh, wood wood structure for the porch and roof and all like that. Yeah, uh, it has, has a little it garage. That, yeah, that turned out really nice on, on my layout. I spent some time building that and putting that uh, not too far from my, my engine house. Um, I, of course, I told you I did the, uh, the Joey Ricard Trendsing.com uh, church, right? And instead of putting it on the ground, I ended up gluing some of uh, Joe, uh, excuse me, Jimmy Simmons' uh, brick uh, piers. Mm-hmm. They could be the uh, piers or uh, chimneys, right? So I I've got it elevated. So there, then that's another part of the hobby that makes it really, really hard. I have to finish underneath of the church. And then I put lights in there, and I had to drill wires and put chaseways through the brick columns. And we're talking about something that's more than uh, not even a quarter inch in diameter. So I had to run all my my uh, LED lights. Oh my! And uh, even some uh, I've even used straws for conduit uh, to to put lights in afterwards. If I do decide to put lights in there, right. I've used the Carolina Craftsman, like I said, the Blair Valley grocery store that that was a right. really really nice kid I, I it just got some one. really nice stuff yep yep, yep. That's and, uh, one right I didn't now. use this roofing I used a lot of the uh, version scale there's a, again a lot of buildings up here that it's, if it's not corrugated it's the standing seam right uh, roofing is about I guess about two feet wide and it's three uh, excuse me three D roof it's kind of hard to realistically make that but still it's still the effort trying to go for Right, um, right. I've the Builders and the, Skill has some nice product. I mean, really yeah. nice. Yeah, but. yeah, they definitely do. I've, I've used their uh, uh, and and some of my buildings. I'm using the uh, the etching. I use the PC etching, mm-hmm. uh, which is some nasty stuff. You got to be careful. It is, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I'll I'll. I have run gloves of mine. I have etching here. It's made by. Um, uh, AK Interactive, we talked about their products before that are made for military modeling, but they make an etch, a metal etchant as well. I, I have special rubber gloves, and anybody that's out there listening and they ever want to try stuff, something like that, definitely want to put it where eye protection and oh, hand yep, yes. yep. And you don't want to be you don't want to be too far over your your when it starts to flame no. up or whatever. But the the uh, 
when it starts uh, activating, you need to be yeah, able to your also on. have your water close by, and you want to make sure that you don't have your you're not going to inhale that stuff because right. uh, it's not not good for you. No, no. Uh, and I also used uh, years ago. I don't know if it's still made. Is uh, Bar Mills made a modular wall system? Hmm. And I built a. Um, I wouldn't say just a warehouse, but it was a. It's a structure that's right on the side of the, the module, and I built where the, the main structure was probably about uh, three and a half by inches long, and it had a, a dock alongside of it, and that's where I actually did one. That it's it's a full structure, but it has a cutaway uh, attachment to it, mm-hmm. and it was it was masonry, and I used um, uh, and again that's most easy. And at the time I was doing that, I didn't always have the, the, the products there, so I used um, Pipe Stuff, or uh, excuse me, uh, um, what's the company name there, the guy that does the uh, uh, the metal roof structures. Um, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of that company. Um, but he does some really nice kits, and the uh, small town structures and all like that. Right. I, w- I want to say it's Pipe Stuff, or you know. It's, I know what you mean, too. Rick's products. Rick's. Yeah. I have some yeah. Rick's stuff. I, it's nice. Yeah. And I used the Rick's uh, uh, walls, masonry mm-hmm. walls, for the attachment for the, the section that was doing the cutaway thing. So right. I did a little interaction of both. It looks kind of weird, yeah. but you look on the opposite side, and it's a cutaway scene. So it looks like a bigger structure, but but yet there's still the main the main building is still all is all one piece. Yeah. And uh, and had lightning rods on the top, and uh, that's actually an air gauge site. So <laughs> then I've got I've used several of Monroe models. I don't know if you've ever tried Monroe. Um, I, I, I have not. I no, I'm not familiar with them. Me neither. Mon- Monroe advertises now that didn't used to, and the Walton I a lot of things through Walters just because of the cost. Right. Um, I saw Monroe when they were. I don't know if they were saying they were first starting out. But they had a little, uh, a little like a four-door uh, warehouse, mm-hmm. and um, they were probably like a twenty-five, thirty-dollar tops kit. Yeah, and uh, he had the roll roofing and all. So uh, I paid him, uh, painted them up to look like my narrow gauge railroad because their a lot of their railroad uh, had green and red trim. Right, and that's another thing too. Is is my my other railroad, I've ran onto a theme where most of the maintenance away and the depots and all, I have a, a, a paint scheme, and it's burgundy red right. with uh, black corner trim and white white sashes. Oh. so And I've tried to carry that through. Uh, so I'm building on a theme there, you see. Sure. So, and so I, what are you and working on now? Uh, what am I working on now? Yeah, what's um, on your workbench? Well, let's go to what's on your workbench. Okay, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I've got several things. I've got, uh, I'm working on one of the, the vehicles there. Um, of course, I've, I've got several vehicles, whether they be metals or whatever. Um, I have actually have some in kit form, some of the side, was it Sidam? Yeah. Um, your, uh, what's his name there? You were Silvet. did the interview with. Huh? Silvet. Silvet, yep. Dan, yeah, um, I've, I've got several kits I've got to build for yet another module. Um, but I, I, again, I'd like to in, in implement the, uh, uh, the vehicles and also put detail right. in the vehicles. And so I'm going to even put a couple of fishing bolts in the boat. To be oh, that'd be great. 
And I've even folded up some, I don't know if it was foil or what, but I folded up to look like a folded up tent in the back of the pickup truck. Oh, cool. So you, you see, you can go, you can either, you can go a little bit crazy on this, or you can go a little bit, uh, <laughs> it fits the bill. I'm a crazy guy. Um, <laughs> but as far as structures, I'm trying to fit the, uh, the Carolina <clears throat> Craftsman kit, uh, which is Wins Valley Grocery. Mm-hmm. And then across the track that, you probably saw the pictures. That is a uh, Jimmy Dugan. It's the yep. uh, the J. King Supplies. Yes. And yes. I uh, attached a Northeast scale models on side of it. And it's another one of those, how do I do this? I, years ago, again, when I got really interested in the 3D printing, Mm-hmm. I saw, because I was in construction, I saw this 3D print uh, from Shapeways, a tools, uh, table saws, okay. lathes. Yeah. And I saw that, and I said, oh, that's great. I, I've got to I've got to do a, a, a carpentry shop, or a cabinet shop. Right. So <clears throat> I bought this thing, and it comes in a, in a lot of... Uh, it comes from a little, uh, like a little fret with a little, you know, all these interconnecting uh, uh, sprues. And mm-hmm. so I started building the Northeast. I bought it. It's like a, I don't know, $15, $20 kit. Mm-hmm. Northeast, which they're out of production now. And I started putting them in. Uh-oh, I'm not going to have enough room. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I need to do a structure that's an attachment. Because right. that's, that's something else you not only see here in the South, you see it everywhere, where they've expanded and they grew. Sure. <clears throat> and so they, they added on to it. So I found the uh, uh, Doug Foscale structure that he did for Dewey, uh, for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And I built that, but I went an extra step further. I did not use his foundation. Yeah. That's where I ended up using the, uh, uh, the Jimmy Simmons monster model brick uh, piers and I made it stand up on, on brick piers. Oh, nice! And then the the, the back stairs and then the side doors and all that. I uh, porches and stairs off of that. Oh, that's and sweet. So that one I I named uh, again. I don't know how much time you've got, but uh, I don't <laughs> have to be too talking. We'll run it up. But, okay. Uh... So anyhow, <laughs> I ended up. Uh, I didn't like Grandpa. I didn't like Pappy. I didn't like Poppy. I said, I'd like to have some different names. So my at, at my daughter, my youngest daughter's, at that time, fiance, he popped up. We're sitting, waiting at Asheville at Mission Hospital, waiting for my oldest daughter to have her little son. And he uh, says, Keppy. Keppy. I said, uh, yeah, Ken. Instead of Ken, just drop the end and you got it. You got instead of Poppy or... Happy go Keppy. I said, okay, we'll go with that. Cool. So That's I cool. made it as I made it Keppy's Custom Cabinet. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah. it's Keppy's like that. Keppy. Yeah. So yeah, it's really so, catchy. It's got a little catchy, bit catchy in you know? Yeah. So I, I've got the uh, the railroad kits with the northeast on the side, mm-hmm. and I took the other garage that was meant for the. Carolina Craftsman, and I made it a office. It's oh, just like a converted uh, house, and they've got double doors there. And on one side, I put an air conditioning because oh. being in the South again, that's another thing I try to do is this model 
where you either have fan-ins on windows or air conditions now just starting to become, you know, uh, in the 50, late 50s, early 60s. Right. Right. So I, I stick a, an air conditioned unit in the side of the, of the office there, you know? Mm-hmm. So the thought maybe also is, is I wanted to model a wood kiln. So maybe an upcoming, uh, I won't say episodes, if I post it on the internet, I'm hoping to model a small wood kiln, maybe with a uh, a small wood fired, you know, you know, wood fired kiln or excuse me, stove on the back to dry out the wood for uh, for the, the 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 cabinet shop. Right. The problem right. is, is most 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 people wouldn't do that. They would get all their kiln dried wood from a, a major producer, but again, right. it's my railroad, so. Yeah. Anyway, I try to model again something that you not normally see on my on my layout or on my modules. So yeah, that's it, cool. You know, trying to think outside the box. Yeah, know? definitely, um, it's it's important to do that. And but, then if you can't find any kit, then you know you know what you can scratch build. Come yep. up with an idea, scan the internet, look at pictures, look at this, and come up with the ideas. It, it's it's not so hard. I've you said it many it? times on this show yeah. is that there's if you see it and you want it or you're and you want to model it, you can create it. If it's honestly, if just because you think it can't be created or it's, somebody else hasn't done it or you can't find it in a, in it's, parts, it doesn't mean you can't make it happen. And that's uh, right. Um, I, I, hey, Brett. Yeah. What what's what you got rolling on your on your workbench? I was now? just uh, wrapping up uh, Faircloth Oyster Plant, mm-hmm. which has been taking forever, but I'm wrapping that up. That's about finished, and uh, a scratch build and my little two dollar eBay kit that I've been working on. <laughs> cool. So well, yeah, yeah. I uh, I got a kit on eBay that I'm. It's a plastic. Uh, it's a plasticville kit, and I'm trying to repaint it. Tear it down, repaint it, rebuild it to make it look like a craftsman kit. Um, so I'm taking a cheapo plastic kit and turning it into something that would look like a craftsman kit when it's finished. And you, you want to show you can do it. You can, yeah, it. yeah. And we want to show people that yeah, uh, our I'm listeners it, and our viewers. As I'm doing it, I'm also building a little write up with it for our website and for our Facebook page, where I can explain how I bought a cheap kit on eBay and turned it into something that looks. Magnificent, and it looks expensive, but it only cost me probably six bucks total in materials. Yeah, yeah, my kind of build. Yep. Yeah, the Faircloth looks awesome. You posted some photos up of that. It's got uh, you did an amazing job on that roof. Oh my word, you made with the kills and the uh, um, use that. Um, what, what what kind of tape is that? You know, aluminum it's tape a, for yeah, it's, a, it's a metal duct ductwork tape. Yeah. And um, it, it, the roof turned out amazing, and then, of course you did some uh, rusted siding and stuff. Well, that's all part of the kit, and and uh, it looks just awesome. I know you're detailing that out, still working on it, but already yep. it looks great. On my workbench right now, I am kit bashing. This is the first time I've kit bashed in many years. Um, I'm either I've either been scratch building or or building kits, and now I'm going to kit bash. I took. Um, the Fosca model um, Joe, uh, Jay Grove Woodcrafters uh, kit, 
um, that I've had on my shelf and been wanting to get to. And but it's it's more. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's more of like a. It's it's more of a country style building, okay. But I need to fit it into a city type scene. And I also have a Keystone Locomotive Works uh, Danby Sawmill. And that oh, cool. mill, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's, it's, a, it's a, basically a sawmill that's board by board, has, like you were saying earlier, uh, on one of your, one of your kits that you worked with, with the, you know, it's, it's an older, it's an older kit. It's a, I'm sure it's out of production thing now, uh, but it's a craftsman kit. Um, I, I got it at a show on sale and of course, um, it has all your die cast pieces and, and, uh, lots of different, you know, machinery and things to make the actual mill work, uh, the sawmill work. And then it's open faced on the one side so you can actually see in and see the actual sawmill. And I'm going to build it into the side of the, uh, of the, uh, Jay Grove Woodcrafters kit. Uh, we're going to combine the two together, so it's going to be a Woodcrafters building with its own sawmill attached to it. But like you said on one of your models, is it's it's basically an add-on to the building, but it's been constructed. I'm going to have to cut a wall out on the on the Jay Grove on the Foxscale model. I'm going to have to cut a lower wall out, and I'm going to fit the wall of the of the sawmill right into it. The the downside of that is I I have to, I can't use the foundation that came with the, the J Grove woodcrafters kit because it's a stone foundation, which is nice. Um, I'm going to have to make my own stone foundation. I'm using, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Jeff, uh, Jeff, um, from, uh, Carolina craftsman kits had, had some, uh, a post up recently about it from Foggy Mountain Models. They do oh, the, okay. the paper sheets, and I bought a bunch of those. And I'm going to cut and make my foundation a, a little higher because a sawmill sits on or on pilings, and uh-huh. uh, so to fit the the pilings had to fit into uh, the same size as the. Uh, as a foundation, I want it to be on the same level, and I can't lower the pilings to the foundation that came with it because you know, getting your logs up to the sawmill from the outside, they have these ramps that go up. And if I don't, yeah. if I cut back on the height of the pilings, then it would be physically impossible for that to have happened for the, the logs up to that. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's just something I'm toying with. It's gonna be, it's gonna be definitely, uh, definitely unique and something, uh, I. I'm not. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with it. Uh, I do know where I'm going with it, but it's almost possible to explain. So I'm gonna have some photos up soon. It's just I'm really excited about it. Um, have you guys ever uh, uh, ever printed out your own uh, paper siding? I no, have. I, I have, have not. not done that. No. Um, I did one effect, and again, it's down here in the in the south here. Um, a lot of them used to slap off uh, white pine boards where the side of the log, you would see the log, and they would slap this stuff on the side of the building, depending on the, the, the board's width. They usually would measure down the narrowest part, and that would be your overlap. So you would look at the side of the building, and you'd have this odd, you know, you'd basically see where it's slabbed off. It's about an inch, maybe, in, in diameter, or excuse me, an inch in some board. And it would this wavy edge on the bottom edge of each, and it's it's... It's applied like lap siding. 
and some of them would use them on uh, structures down here for say uh, uh, even on salt mill where they would enclose their their uh, their gasoline engine for running the sawmills or they would do it on the side of a building I actually have one of them on mine where I used the roof out of, out of a little like I won't say it's lifelike and I glued screws in the end of it and what it was it was a lumber shed or it was a uh, a part of my where they had the all the supplies they wanted to keep dry or partially dry. So mm-hmm. I kept having problems kept snapping off because it was so close to the edge of the module. So I said I need something to hold this. So I wanted to build an office. So I built it on a piece of just scrap, and that's something else I use. You use the uh, uh, like handicap signs, firing signs, and then glue it uh-huh. with plastic weld or AK. And then what I've done was, is I would either use real wood for the edges, but before I did that, I applied, I would download these images off the internet, and one of them was called, this called Feather Edge. And that's what I explained. This Feather Edge is a, is a side of a, of a wood. You might even want to Google that. Just, I am um, going to. I'm writing it down feather, actually feather, now. Feather Edge siding. And so you get this really rough-looking uh, siding. It's not smooth. They don't plane or whatever. It's just sawmill. And you see the saw marks on that. Right. And it's probably been around maybe for the last 50 plus years, maybe six years. Mm-hmm. So that might not fit in well with yours. But as far as this, I put this feather edge siding in this little cube to help support the edge. And it made it really cool for a, uh, a little office. And then yeah. what I've done was I download windows and doors and Size them and print them out, and then glued that on the side of the uh, the paper, oh. and then sealed it with dull coat. Okay. And then I used uh, a contact cement to glue the uh, the paper on the side of the uh, uh, the, the uh, styrene uh, cube. Oh, that's a great and idea! And I've done that with buildings too. Yeah, it's talking about sheep, then all you've got invested is your paper and your ink. Totally. Yeah. You want to make sure you you uh, you seal your your paper not too bad, but you seal it enough to where and you can make some really cheap buildings that way too, just by oh, yeah. finding lap siding or whatever. And I just use the little cheap program my wife had. You could right. probably do it with an Adobe, you know, whatever, and you can print your own siding and oh, windows wow. to scale. And I've done that on several structures. Oh definitely I did that on one of Jimmy Jimmy Dugan's I used um construction mm-hmm. paper. Mm-hmm. And it was a little lean-to, and I made the, the tin roof with was corrugated roofing. Right. And then I printed out the windows and the doors and then glued it on the side of the uh, uh, the felt paper. Right. And then before I uh, uh, finished it, I took uh, and stripped out pieces of wood where they just nailed the, uh, the, the strip wood on the side of the tar paper because eventually what they're going to do is they're going to come back there and put siding on there. Well... They never got that far. Right. And so on one of them, I actually had an open sign, and so it mm-hmm. becomes a part of this this piece of wood that you hold your, your, your tart paper siding on. Right. And that's another thing down here in the south is they, they're really big air shacks. And uh, you, you would use uh, a lot of this, uh, it looked like a brick pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's got a, um, it's got asphalt onto it, or in the ground put into it, but it has a brick pattern into it. Yeah. And if you can duplicate that, that is a really, really cool. Oh, that is that is, it, sounds it is pretty cool. I have shack. seen tar paper rules, tar paper shacks like that. that yeah, yeah, that is common down there. I'll tell you what, you have filled a 
build a little bit of a niche in what we have tried. We Brett and I have recently talked um, about changing you know, up we, the show a little bit. Yeah, because we have talked about doing uh, lately a lot of the things that we've done, and they're great milers all over. We've done a lot of stuff in the Northeast and from our region, and it's mainly been from Pennsylvania North. Uh, a little bit of stuff from Colorado with a couple guests that we've had, and now out in that range or that area or the Midwest, uh, but not enough. Um, and we have not really talked on the southern railroading at all or the western mm-hmm. railroading or, you know, the, the your, your southwest railroading. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, tonight was really special. And we are we are going to wrap up the show here, but um, yeah. uh, we want to have you on again, Ken, because it's a, it's a, it's a section we want to be able to cover different regions of our country where, you know, instead of everybody seeing the Northeast and New England and, and the Atlantic, uh, nor, you know, mid-Atlantic. Right. Um, it, it's important that we, that we're, that we feel that we need to be a little more, um, uh, all, all around, uh, North America. And, um, so we want to, we want to cover a lot of it. This is the longest show that we've ever done. It's oh, over two about. hours. <laughs> no, no, it's been great yeah. because every yeah. square inch of this show, and I'm sure Brett will agree, has been entirely talking about detail and structures and everything we have done. Yep. I, I will have to say we have covered more ground tonight on Good. precisely, and that's what we like about tonight was podcast for me, I feel is essentially what we like to be considered as as a podcast is that every part of us is a we're talking from beginning to end about you know modeling and the details and we want to you know just about everything we talk about it, we occasionally will go off track but yeah. it's generally our shows are about that tonight we cram packed a ton of tiny segments of detailing and modeling and and you just went to town. It was amazing. Well, we didn't even cover the mine either, did we? <laughs> we didn't even get to the mine. We didn't. No. We have no mine on here. That's okay. That's and, okay. And we're going to do, we that. do that. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do the mine again. Yeah. And, okay. uh, and how about a tool? Uh, what is I'm, your tool? I'm, I'm taking over the show, aren't I? <laughs> no, that's okay. Tool. What is the tool? Okay. What's your favorite tool? Is it okay? I have two tools. Yeah, do go it. for it. You can. Okay. I'm going to tell you what my high-tech tool is. I've got a high-tech tool and a low-tech tool. My high-tech tool is my cell phone. I watch my railroad videos, and Uh I look at photos. I listen to podcasts. I participate in chat rooms. I photograph with my cell phone. I've got a much better cell phone. I've got an iPhone 6 Plus S, so it's a big mother. Yeah. And also, I download and screenshot photos for either uh, either prototype of prototypes or models for studying and also share my photos and my information on social media. But the most important thing is is I run my trains with my cell phone too when I'm at train oh, Very cool. Oh, that's cool. As its own controller. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, you know, I mean, I've got plenty of inf- uh, uh, you know, and I order, I order my stuff online, yes. even with my cell phone. Imagine that. We can do that. Yes. I mean, as far as the model railroaders, with, with 
it, it's a great time in my, in the hobby because, well, one thing is right now the podcast, we can share our ideas. We can talk with it. We can motivate our, right. our brothers in the hobby, you know, and mm -hmm. sisters in the hobby. And I, I think that's very important that we motivate and, and tell people that, you know, there's, there's plenty of things out there that it's, there's cross pollinization between, mm -hmm. uh, uh, war gamers or, or, uh, you know, military modelers and model railroaders. And so that sure. all of this is important. My low tech tool is a single edge razor. I use it to cut scrap, uh, cut scrapes, trim, even scratch scale wood, branches, twigs, firing metal, you know, that's almost an endless, mm -hmm. uh, an endless thing. Uh, right, and I, I'll tell you, and I'll, if you guys want to go ahead, that I'll then I'll I'll wrap it up with my music if you want. Yeah, well, I told I told him last night, that, uh, Brett, that uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask these things. Yeah, so he's all prepared, man. No, that's good. What is your tool, Brett? Do you have a tool, or do you want me to get? I got tool? my cue cards right here. You can go. You can go to the tool. I um I will. I, I honestly don't have my tool ready. That's okay. Week, so you can, you can have, take over. I have not used it. I have not talked about it yet, but I use it more than the other tool, although I do use the razor blade quite a bit, um, is, and I have never brought it up, is a pair of simple tweezers with a very fine point. And yes, lately, I, love those I am using them more now than I have ever used them before. As I am growing with my modeling, I am finding mm -hmm. that, and I didn't used to do this as much before. I just used my hands or my fingers or, you know, whatever. Um, but now I'm finding that I'm using this to hold all of my little parts and pieces. Yeah. I'm holding it less with my fingers. And I'm getting a little bit more, uh, less of a mess, a little more preciseness with um, when I'm placing parts together or when I'm adding details to a scene, um, painted um diecast parts and things like that for for uh, side scenes around a, 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 on a on a diorama of sorts. Right, um, right. I'm using that to place the pieces. When I did that roof uh, recently, this uh, the shingle roof just this week, um, I used those tweezers to put them in the place where I used to just use my fingers and I'd stick them down and yeah. make sure they and adjust them with my uh -huh. hands. I've been placing them and adjusting them with the tweezers and i think in the long run you get less mess less finger um and everything stays a little cleaner and neater as a result i really do um very so cool that's my tool so what's your music ken well i have several of them one of them be his first is Bob oh um, oh yeah yeah it's there you my go. life and living on a prayer yeah, and one that I know you guys listen to that I really like, and that was one of my I got to listening, especially during uh, summer cleanup this past summer at the college, was uh, Metallica. Oh and yeah, Sandman, Enter Sandman. That <laughs> one is because I like to listen to as Christian music as Elevation Worship. Do it again. Oh, that's go. great. That's great. Metallica and Christian music, and I'm hey, proud of you, man. That's a mixture, isn't it? That's a mix. <laughs> what a great mix, and. Uh, yeah. So, but what have you been listening to? So, mine's not music, but I've been listening to another podcast lately called uh, uh, Trail, Trail Running Nation, and it's a running podcast. Uh, I haven't been listening to as much music lately, but I have I had a podcast on down in the basement recently. So, oh. that's that's my music. It's a podcast. Oh, well, that's good. That's really cool. That's a, I, have been on, I have been on a Van Halen kick uh, oh, this yeah, last yeah. this uh, this this past week, and um, are you jumping? 
I, I, I didn't go that far into Van Halen. I, I'm the earlier stuff with the, you know, the, uh, the early Van Halen's one and two and die down and, and, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, I didn't really get into the jump scene there, but, but, um, I, Van Halen was pretty much it this week. I, I, I did that and a little bit of flow, <laughs> um, oh, right. flow rider. So I did a little bit. A little, little of that, a little uh, kind of like a rap thing. So, Very is that cool. Flow Rider? That Flow Rider? Sure. Flow. It's uh, I can't it, it's pronounced like f- Florida, like yeah, Flow yeah. Rider. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, so a little of that is uh, it's it's not like a heavy rap or anything. It's just a, yep. so it's yeah. So, but anyhow, did uh, did that and so. In the upcoming event, in the upcoming episodes that we'll have later on, we need to get you on again, and okay. uh, we want to cover the mind for sure and so a bunch of other stuff. And it's great because you you think like we do, and we love that. And uh, we've had that with you and some other uh, of our guests, right? But, right. But uh, this one was awesome with detail, and we we appreciate your time, Ken. We really do. Yeah, I've had a blast, guys. I really do. And I keep wearing that T-shirt to the shows. <laughs> oh man, I tell you what, I've worn. And so, even my grandson. Oh look, Kane. Oh man, he he loved that that. that, that <laughs> well, we thank you yeah. for for yeah. spreading the word and helping us out. Yeah, man, you're entirely welcome. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks again, Ken. Okay. Thanks, Ken. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks.